Moments of Encounter is a weekly live broadcast brought to you by Calvary Revival Labels through God's servant Chidebele Odeze. The teachings are focused on building the church and raising men that will do exploits in this end time. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org or our Facebook and Telegram pages at Calvary Revival Labels. May you have a life-changing encounter as you listen. Father, we present our life to you this evening at this moment of encounter. Our prayer is that you will encounter us again. Cause your word to come to us. May our life experience your transformation. May the spirit of God minister to every one of us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray that none of us will be distracted by anything. In the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever power of darkness that is fighting against what you are doing at this hour. We bind them. We cast them out of the way in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Let's set be your name. We look up to you and we ask that you will have mercy upon us this evening and grant us your grace in the name of Jesus Christ. Grace not just to be hearers, grace to be doers also of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I welcome you to the moment of encounter this evening. We are looking at a topic very important topic still on the team the overcoming faith and i would like you to be much expectant unto the lord this evening because he has something to impact into your life on the topic full assurance of faith without assurance there is no faith for faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen according to hebrew chapter 11 verse 1 even though faith comes by hearing the word of god as we saw in the last message yet faith is not equivalent to hearing the word of god it is one thing to hear the word of god and another thing to believe the word of god there are many people that hears the word of God, but they don't believe the word of God. Faith is believing the word of God and living according to the word. The heart is a major organ of faith because it is with the heart that we believe. Romans chapter 10. Check Romans chapter 10, verse 8 
to verse 10. Romans chapter 10 verse 8 said, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So it is actually with the heart that you believe God and believe his word. In Mark 11, very interesting story of how Jesus spoke to a, a, a fig tree. And the following day, the fig tree dried up. And when the disciples pointed his attention to that in verse 21, he spoke to them in verse 22, Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering, said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. The truth is that it is so easy to command the mountain to move that anyone without problem in, in speech can do that. Where many will have problem is in the second part of not doubting in your heart but believing that what you have said will come to pass. To have a full assurance of faith is to have a zero doubt in your heart. If there is any doubt at all in your heart concerning what you said you are believing, then there is no faith. The truth is that it is not easy to believe with the heart without having any doubt. And that is why many, many people cannot truly believe God. They confess, they do faith confession, faith declaration, but the truth is that they still doubt. They still have some element of doubt in their heart concerning what they said that they believe. Again, because the human heart is invisible, it is difficult to tell who has believed without doubt and who has not believed. It is only the person that believed without doubt that knows that he has believed. This is why sometimes you see two people making declaration of faith and you know the result or the outcome of their declaration is directly opposite to each other. For example, you know, two believers that are believing God for divine healing, you know, may have prayed. After praying, they, this person say, I'm not going to take drug. I'm trusting God that he will heal me without taking drug. The other person said, I'm trusting God that he will heal me without taking drug. The truth is that the outcome of what will happen, you know, as a result of what they are saying with their mouth, is depending on whether they have really believed in their heart. Because somebody can be saying, I am trusting God, I believe God that he, he will heal me or that he has healed me. Yet, he is doubting in his heart. And that is why somebody said to me one day, he said, this issue of saying by his stress I'm healed. Are you sure? Somebody was saying by his stress I'm healed and 
you know, after a while, the person died. Why he was saying by his stress, I am healed. And all of that. I said, the truth is that, that somebody is saying by his stripes, I am healed, with his mouth, does not mean that he has believed in his heart that by his stripes he is healed. Anybody that doesn't have problem with talking, that, that is not uh, uh, dumb, can say by his stripes, I am healed. Where the matter is, is do you really believe in your heart? Or do you still have doubt? You say by his stripes, I am healed. But, you know, when the symptoms of, you know, sickness increases in your body, you begin to doubt. Or the devil begin to tell you, are you sure you are not going to die? And then you begin to be afraid. Once there is fear, once there is doubt in your heart, then you are no longer in faith. And anything can happen to such a person. And the truth is that if such a person dies, you cannot hold God responsible. Because God is honoring faith. God does. We saw last uh, Two or three Sunday uh, uh, Tuesdays that God has nothing to do with unbelief. That he that has not believed God has made God a liar. So the question now is: Is it possible for one to believe God with all his heart, without doubting, in any situation? Like Jesus said, if you can say to this mountain, "Be thou removed and be cast into the sea," without doubt in your heart. Is it possible? The truth is that, you know, God cannot require from us what is not possible. And we want to look at, if it is possible, how can we achieve that? Now, why is full assurance of faith important? We cannot say that we have any faith until our hearts are fully assured. One reason we need full assurance of faith is that we cannot pass the test of faith if our hearts are not fully assured. The test of faith is compulsory to prove the genuineness of our faith. Please check your uh, Bible, First Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. Wherein you greatly rejoice, First Peter chapter 1, I'm reading verse 6 already. Wherein you greatly rejoice, Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, manifold sufferings. Verse 7, why are you passing through these manifold sufferings? That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The test of faith, as we have said, is very, very compulsory. If the genuineness of any faith will be confirmed, every kind of faith must be tested before it is approved for result. For example, we have basically three kinds of faith. The faith to receive gifts from God. Number one, the faith to overcome the battles of this world and then the faith to do exploits for God in this world. Now, whether you have the first kind of faith, the faith to receive gifts from God, or you have the faith to overcome Satan and his you know, battles in this world, or you have the faith to do exploits, your faith must be tested before it, it gets the result. 
actually it is where and when faith are, that the, when faith is being tested that is when the genuineness of that faith is known if you fail the test of faith then your faith is not genuine for example when god promised abraham that he will give him a son abraham you know was already very old and sarah was very old two things tested the faith of abraham in that promise of god number one abraham physically is already old and then number two that promise did not come to pass immediately it took several years for god to come back and say yes i promise you that your seed shall inherit the earth now your wife will conceive and then give birth so his faith was tested if you read romans chapter 4 please turn your bibles to the book of romans chapter 4 verse 18 to verse 21 who against hope believe in hope romans chapter 4 i'm reading verse 18 already who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be that was the promise god made a promise to him when he called him he said i will make you father of many nations this is a man that for years he didn't have a child and the promise came that you are going to be a father physical father of many nations not spiritual now verse 19 said and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old neither yet the deadness of sarah's womb he staggered not at the promise of god through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to god now look at verse 22 can we read it together one to go and being fully persuaded fully persuaded take note of that that what god has promised he was able also to perform the test of his faith was that his body and the body of his wife are no longer fit to conceive and have a child but he has to believe the second test was that when god said that god did not do it immediately so the bible says he did not consider the things around the facts around he kept on on believing god knowing that god who has promised this is able to do what he has said that word fully persuaded fully assured there was no doubt in his heart whether god will do what he has said or not full assurance of faith is particularly important when our faith in christ is tested with persecution and sufferings many believers cannot suffer persecutions because of their faith in christ yet they may have great faith to receive something from god or even do something great you know in the book of hebrew chapter 11 hebrew chapter 11 gave us long list of several heroes of the faith the author came to verse 30 32 he began to mention he said time will not permit me to you know mention talk about people like gideon uh, barak samson jephthah and so on 
Verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, that's great, is a great exploit, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions. These are exploits of faith. Verse 34. Quenched the violence of fire, escaped the age of the sword. Out of weakness we are made strong, works valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead body raised to life, powerful, and others were tortured. I, don't, I want you to see from that point. Others, by the reason of their faith, we are what? We are tortured. When you say you believe in Christ, and it's come to a point where you are to be tortured, are you sure you are going to stand? That's where full assurance of faith is needed now. Because a man cannot die for what he's not fully convinced of. Eh? If you see somebody saying, I want to die for the sake of Christ, and the person did not run away at the point of dying, because it's one thing to say, I'm ready to die. Another thing is, to die there are people that will say I, I'm like Peter say I'm ready to go with you when it is time to go with him he denied him three times until your heart is fully assured that's where you can suffer anything for the sake of Christ it's a pity that many 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 believers they can't even suffer simple ordinary persecution ordinary persecution hatred you know just simple hatred you see them dodging it why they are not convinced of their faith people in other faiths we normally see how they are convinced you know those people they don't have holy ghost they don't have speaking in tongues they don't have anointing that we have but you see you see them ready to die for their faith some of them will go and, you know, bomb themselves. For their faith, if you ask them, they will tell you that, I believe that if I die this way, I will, when I get to where they are going to, they will have, a, is it seven virgins or something like that. They have so, so many convictions. But the point is that they are fully convinced. And that's why they are pursuing their, the course of what they are pursuing. And they are conquering. We have believers that are not ready to suffer they are not ready to be tortured the bible said others we are tortured you know many of us you like doing exploit isn't it you like uh, moving anointing you know people falling down by faith raising the dead by faith there is another side of faith others we are tortured that's where the full assurance of faith will begin to come to play because if you are not assured and it comes to the point of torturing, ah, many will deny Christ. Simple, simple, just that they deny you food just for three days or four days. Just ask yourself, am I, they say, if you renounce Christ, you will have food. Then it's getting to five days and there is no hope. We use keep standing. Others we are tortured, not accepting deliverance. Can you imagine that? 
not accepting deliverance. They offered them deliverance. They say no. Eh? Why are they rejecting deliverance? That they might obtain a better resurrection. They believe strongly that there is something ahead that is greater than the suffering of this present age. That was why when they offered them deliverance and say, just renounce Christ. You know, if you have read the history of the persecution of the church, beginning from the from the uh, twelve apostles to the contemporaries, you see that many, many people have suffered and died, killed for the sake of their faith. Why is it that they will be able, you know, some of us just being arrested. I remember in those days, you know, they would just say, don't preach. Don't preach. And you see brethren, they will come around and say, ah, the Bible says we should obey authority. Is it not what the Bible says? But why is it that in the Bible, the same Bible, in the book of Acts, when they told them, don't preach, what did they do? What did they do? They called them back and they said, why is it that we have warned you people to stop preaching? But you have filled the whole Jerusalem with your preaching. And they say, Peter said, excuse me please, we have to obey God more than men. We are not, our allegiance is to God. Somebody sent us on this mission. He said that we should go everywhere and preach this gospel. And you know, when they wanted to kill them, one Gamaliel said, be careful what you are doing with these people. You know? That's if you are not careful, you may find yourself fighting against God. The Bible says when they have, you know, threatened them, they use cane and beat them, and they t- say, don't preach again. If you read the next verse, Acts chapter 5, verse 42, it says, daily in the temple and in every house, they cease not to preach and to, and to teach. Even when persecution came as a result of Stephen, do you remember Stephen? Stephen, Check the book of Acts. Check Acts chapter 6. The Bible says Stephen was full of faith. Verse 5. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And Philip and Precordus and so on. I want you to take note of something about Stephen. A man what? Full of faith. Full assurance of faith was in Stephen. That was why when they say, look at it was repeated in verse 8. Are you seeing verse 8? And Stephen, full of what? Full of faith and power. Did great wonders and miracles among them. When they said Stephen, we are going to kill you now. He said, I see the son of man standing at the right hand of God. That was when they stoned him. As they were stoning him, he was praying for them. Father, do not lay up this sin against them. These are men that have full assurance of where they are going. They know that where they are, that is, that is, you know, some of us are not even sure. Something is telling you as you are following this God, are you sure that this God is real? Are you sure that he will not kill me and abandon me? You have not come to the point where you have, you know, fully giving your heart 
I tell people that if you are not ready to die for Christ, you have not given your life to Christ. You know, giving your life to Christ is a common saying. Have you given your life to Christ? Yes. What does it mean to give your life to Christ? Are you ready to die for this cause? If they bring God now and they point at you and they say, if you don't deny Christ, we will shoot you. Will you deny Christ or not? Ask yourself because this is the assurance we are talking about. Many, many fears. The problem is fear. Fear of death. Fear of death. That is why you cannot trust God. You cannot believe God. Fear of suffering. Go back to that Hebrew. Let's com- complete that uh, passage. Verse th- 30. 35. No, 36. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Trial of cruel mockings. These are still, you know, heroes of the faith. Cruel mockings and scourgings. Some others, bonds and imprisonment. They, they went into prison because of their faith. Can you imagine you going to prison now because you are preaching the gospel? It's sounding absurd. But why is it that going into prison was the normal life in their days? Everybody is running and dodging. May God help his church in the name of Jesus Christ. Verse 37 says, they were stoned. Some of them were stoned. Stephen was one of them. Others were son and sunder. You know the meaning of that. They put them inside the wood and they used sword, dorma, to you know cut them into two, into three pieces. Why? Because of their faith. They, they will always give them option before they uh, kill them. They will say, Are you ready to denounce? Are you ready to denounce? If you are not ready to denounce, then you will be sawn into two now. So we are tempted. So we are slain with the sword. So wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute. So we are afflicted. So we are tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. These are men that has passed through things because of this same faith you are professing. But many of us are not ready. Philippians 1.29 said, can you, can you open to Philippians 1.29? As a Christian, you are not supposed to forget this verse. What did he say? Philippians 1.29 It is granted unto us, it is given unto us, that we should not only believe in Christ, but also do what? To suffer for his sake. To suffer for his sake. It is granted, it's a gift. Two gifts we are given. Many of us have collected the first one and you don't want to collect the second one. The first gift is to believe in Christ. And the second gift is to suffer for his sake. You can't collect the first one and leave the second one. The second one is what validates the first one. If you believe in Christ, the validation is to do what? To suffer for his sake. He told the disciples in John 15 verse 18. He said, if the world hates you, 
know that they have hated me before you. If you were of the world, the world would have loved its own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hated you. He said that a servant is not greater than his master. If they have respected me, they would have respected you. But because if they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. You will see the persecution because your master was persecuted. So you cannot say, I believe in Christ and you are speaking in tongues and you are, you know, going for drama night, worship night and all kinds of uh, programs. But when it comes to paying a price, suffering for his sake, suffering persecution for the sake of Christ, you will dodge. No. No. That faith must be fake. I pray that the Lord will help your, your faith to come to full assurance. What we are saying is that it is actually this full assurance of faith that will make you to stand your ground at the face of suffering and prove that you really believe in Christ. If you are not fully assured, you will compromise. I tell you, you will compromise at the point of test. Paul suffered many things. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. No, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. He suffered so many things. But because he was fully persuaded, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12. For the which cause, from verse 11, he said, We are unto, I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentile. Verse 12. For the which cause I also suffered these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. Why? Because I know whom I have believed. I know him. I have believed in him. And I am fully persuaded, I am fully assured that what I have committed into his hand, I have committed my life into his hand. Jesus cried out. The last thing he said on the cross, he said, Father, I, into your hand, I commit my spirit. By the time you commit your, your life into his hand, I tell you, you will be ready to go out for him. That's when you can, you can say that you, ha you have full assurance. I'm not talking about mouth commitment. I'm talking about real one. Paul said, I am fully persuaded that what I have handed... That was why when they were, you know, pu uh, pushing him around in Acts chapter 21, verse 21, if you look at verse uh, 22, chapter 20, verse 22, he said, and now I go bound Acts chapter 20, 22. I go bound in spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the, the gospel of his grace. 
the Holy Ghost was witnessing, saying that suffering and imprisonment is waiting for uh, Paul in Jerusalem. Yes, even Prophet Agabus in chapter 21 came and prophesied. Agabus is the kind of prophet that when he prophesies, you know that everything has finished because it must come to pass. But after he finished prophesying, look at what happened in verse chapter 21, verse 12. Agabus prophesied in verse 11. In verse 12, the Bible says, When he, we heard these things, that is what Agabus has prophesied in verse 11, both we and they of that place besought him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound only but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. This is what we call full assurance. I am ready not to, to suffer, but also to die. We see Christians compromising their faith in their place of work. Students in the exam hall. Just because you don't want to have carryover. That is why you will begin to compromise your faith. But the same person is speaking in tongues. So many things are happening. The problem is that people are not really sure of this thing. They are not really sure. That's what we call assurance of salvation. Assurance means there is no doubt. There is something you believe, and if you believe in it, you will be all out for it. You will be ready to die saying it, believing it. Excuse me. Full assurance of faith means you are ready to die for your faith. Without fear. Without doubt. If you are not ready to die for your faith, just know that you don't have what we are talking about. How can we have the full assurance of faith? Number one. Okay, let's first of all read Hebrews chapter 10. Go to Hebrews chapter 10. From verse 19 Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way which he had consecrated for us through the veil that is that is to say his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart in what in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water please if you are holding king james version i want you to take note of three having in these four verses we have read the first having is in verse 19 say having therefore the second having is in verse 21. Having an high priest. And the third having is in verse 22. After the first sentence, having our heart sprinkled. These three havings has something to do, uh, to do with full assurance of faith. For a man to have full assurance of his faith in Christ, there are things that he must consider and accept at the 
background of his life. Number one is verse 19 and 20. Look at it carefully. Having therefore boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he has consecrated for us. Let us draw near with a full assurance of faith. What is the meaning of that? Look at it. When Christ died on the cross for us, which is the basis, the very foundation of our faith, his death, the Bible told us that the moment he, brought, he breathed his last, that the curtain that they used to demarcate the holiest, the holy of holies, from where other people can see, was broken into two. From the time of Moses when the tabernacle was set up to that time, if you are not a priest, according to the order of Aaron, you are not permitted to see what they saw that day. Because that curtain always covered the holy of holies where God is supposedly is as of that time. So you cannot directly have access to God. But by the reason of his death, that, you know, barrier was removed. It was broken. So that we can now have access. Say, let us draw near. Who are you in the Old Testament to draw near? Even the high priest that we draw near, we draw near with fear because they will put bell on his back in case if he dies. But by the reason of what Christ has done, by the blood of Jesus that was shed, we now have access to God. Something has happened. These are, you know, silent elements of our faith that you don't joke with. Something happened that brought us into direct communication with God. Direct relationship that you can enter into the holiest. Do you know that every one of us that have believed in Christ can enter into the holiest? Into the holy of holy where God himself is. And then he said, by a new and a living way. New and a living way. That he has made for us. That is the way of the cross. It was because of his death on the cross. That an access was granted unto us. So, the, the, if you consider the tenets of this faith we, are, we believe. And you are really convinced that Christ died. One of the things that will strengthen your faith, that will give you assurance of faith in Christ, is that we have access into the Holy of Holies. We can directly come near to God and have a relationship with Him. It's not a small truth. If you check Hebrew chapter 4, verse 14 to 
16 he said seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast our confession for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in, in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin verse 16 let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need do you know the, the kind of privilege that we have here by the reason of what Christ has done by the reason of this death of Jesus that formed our, the foundation of our faith we can come boldly to the throne of grace and receive mercy and ob obtain mercy and receive grace at any point in time we have need it's not a small thing this alone should be able to give a believer an assurance of your faith in Christ that you, you can assess God directly anytime, anywhere who dare you do that in the Old Testament we have a faith that is established on a better covenant that can give you assurance Jesus did something see let, let me tell you the death of Christ on the cross is not a joke we cannot be doing a good Friday and Easter and all of that and you will not understand the real implication of this death do you know that if it comes to a point they say you are to die for your faith do you know what you should be seeing you should be seeing God at that point because you, ha you have a direct access with him there that was what happened to Stephen as they were saying hey, he has blasphemed Stephen said I, I, can see, I can see heaven open I can see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He is not what people are seeing that he sees. Now look at the second point in verse 21, Hebrew 10. The second having. He said, And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near in full assurance of faith. What is the meaning of that? The first having was telling us what Christ did for us. The second having is telling us what Christ is doing for us now. We have a high priest, Jesus Christ, over the house of God now. What is he doing? Romans chapter 8 verse 34 said, Who is he that will condemn us if it is not Christ? But instead of condemning us, what is he doing? He is at the right hand of God making intercession for us now. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 He said that Christ is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through him. Why? Because he ever lives to make intercession for them. I don't think you believe that. Honestly. I don't believe that you believe that as we are here now that Christ is interceding over your head. You, I know you have read it in the Bible. You may even have preached it. But reading and preaching is not equal to believing. Do you know what it means that we have a high priest 
over the house of God, Jesus Christ. And he is making intercession for me now. Why should I be afraid? After dying for me on the cross, he has been praying for me since I was born. He is praying for me now. He is praying for me when I will face that challenge. Ah! Why should we be shaken in our faith in him when we have an intercessor? A true one. A faithful one. The Bible said he is higher than the heavens. Check, check Hebrews chapter 7 verse so that you will see it. Hebrews 7 verse 25 said, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost. Why do I have, why do I have assurance of salvation? I have assurance of salvation because Christ has paid the price for my salvation. He has accomplished that by the cross and by his blood. Now, he is praying for me. He is able to save me to the uttermost because he ever lives to intercede for me. That's why I know that I will make heaven. Because somebody is praying for me. Somebody is interceding for me. And he's not an ordinary person. He's not like a man that can fail. The Bible says he ever lives. Every second is covered by his intercession. Eh? Somebody is praying for you now. Why will you be afraid? Somebody is interceding for you now. Why will you be shaking? Why will you be doubting him? He ever lives to make intercession. And look at verse 26. He says, this kind of high priest is not, you know, an ordinary kind of high priest. So he is one that is fitting for our, our situation. He is, he is fitting for the condition we are in this world. Eh? He is holy, harmless, undefined, separate from sinners, and made higher than the world, heavens. He said, I am with you always. Do you know how he is with us? Apart from the Holy Ghost that is inside of us. He is with us interceding. He is in heaven interceding. He has sent his spirit to come and live inside of you. What is the cause of this fear? What is the cause of this unbelief and you know, doubt? Why are you afraid that you will die? Even if you die, are you the first person that died for his sake? Eh? Even if you die, didn't he die for you? Do you know that if you die, die for his sake, you have just fulfilled what he has done for you? This fear of death must go. Because at the root of these compromises that many, many believers are compromising these days, it is the fear of death. Some don't want to suffer at all. Yet, they say they have faith in him. Let's look at number three, having. That is in verse 22 now. He said, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and our bodies washed with pure water. Our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. If you are going to have a full assurance of faith, you dare not joke with your conscience. Eh? Paul was writing to Timothy 
in first Timothy chapter 1, verse 19. First Timothy chapter 1. Look at verse, verse 18. Say, This charge I commit unto you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them might war a good warfare. Verse 19. Holding faith and a good conscience, which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. You cannot hold faith and last in faith and be assured in faith if you don't have a good conscience, a pure conscience. That was why he have to purify our conscience. Now, the conscience gets purified at the point of salvation, but you must also exercise yourself to maintain a good conscience towards man and towards God. Paul said in Acts of the Apostle 23 verse 1, when he was facing the Sanhedrin Council, at the point of arrest and persecution. He said to them that I have lived in all good conscience before God all my life. That is, what is the meaning of that? Now listen. Conscience is what tells you that what you are about to do now is wrong. It's an organ of the spirit that is acting like a policeman. This thing you are about to say is wrong. And if you say it, the same conscience will come and say, you have said what is wrong. So, the conscience acts before you do what is bad and, you know, also shows you that you have done it if you still fail to do it. Two-sided two work. Now, the Bible talked about those who have seared their conscience with hot iron. In First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, he said, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the last days, you know, many, many people will wander away from the faith. Having their conscience seared with hot iron. That is, they don't have conscience again. That is, they have killed their conscience. Now, you cannot maintain full assurance of faith in God if you don't know how to exercise yourself to have good conscience towards God and towards man. If you are always offending people, if you are always doing what is wrong, that, that's why First John chapter 3 verse 20 and 21, you need to read it. What did he say? He said, if our heart condemn us, then there is a problem. The reason is because God is greater than our heart. You can't be saying that you have faith when you are, you are neglecting conscience. Paul was writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 9. He said, Timothy, you must hold the mystery of faith in good conscience. You look at it. You know, these things are so serious because many times you see believers say, I believe God. They wonder why their faith is not working. They wonder why you say, I, I believe. When you are playing with your conscience, you, you, you are about to, you are on the internet with your phone and you saw a site or a place, something that is wrong. Your conscience will say, don't click this, don't watch this video, don't watch this. You will damn your conscience. You will damn the voice of the spirit 
witnessing to you through your conscience and you go and do that which is wrong the truth is that as you keep on hurting your conscience your assurance of faith will keep on going down if you want to remain sure of your faith in Christ always and you are ready to suffer for, for that faith you must not play with your conscience there is always a tie between faith and good conscience and I think you need to know these scriptures Let's just read them quickly. Look at, I have read First Timothy chapter 1, verse um, 19. I've also quoted chapter 3, verse 9, but look at it. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure what? Conscience. You can't hold the mystery of this faith without a pure conscience. And then, Paul said in Acts chapter 24, you know, some of us, you want to become like Paul. You want to do great things like Paul did, but you don't know the life of Paul. When he was before Felice to defend the same faith in chapter 24, verse 16, look at what he said. He said, And herein, Acts 24, 16, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense towards God and towards men. I make sure that my conscience is always clear. I don't offend people. Some of us, you don't care. You can offend anybody. You can say anything without any apology. Even when somebody is saying, do you know that what you have said has hurted me? You will just find an excuse and excuse yourself and go your way. And tomorrow you want to do an exploit of faith. Men of faith that passed through fire and water and they stood their ground and God used them to do great things. I want you to look at Paul as an example of what we are talking about. Look at the kind of sufferings that he passed through, yet he stood. Then look at, on the, the other side, how great things God used him to do. God used him to raise, raise the dead. Eutychus. You, you remember Eutychus? God used him to do all kinds of miracles. Yet, he was standing in faith. Paul said, my secret is that I exercise myself to maintain a conscience void of offense before God and before man. If you are not careful in this, you will not succeed in faith. If you want to have full assurance of faith and maintain full assurance of faith, you must not offend people and say, I, it, I, it doesn't matter. I don't care. God help us in Jesus' name. The next one is that if you are going to have a full assurance of faith, you must acquire deeper knowledge of God. Because Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I am, I am full and persuaded that what I have committed into his hand, he will keep it till that day. If you don't know whom you have believed, if you don't know how powerful he is, if you don't know how faithful he is, if you don't know how loving and caring he is, if you don't know how wise he is, then you cannot be fully assured or persuaded to trust in him. So you must press on to know God. No wonder Paul said that I may know him. He kept on pressing. Because it is your knowledge of his faithfulness that will make you to say, no, I know he cannot fail me. There are several times that I have faced situations, practical situations of life. I say, ah, he cannot fail. 
He has not failed before. And he will not fail. If you don't know him, you can't trust him. The truth is that it is only by knowing God that you can trust him. And how can you know God? I have a small solution for you in Proverbs chapter 2. Proverbs chapter 2 showed us how to find the knowledge of God. Look at Proverbs chapter 2. I read from verse 1. My son, if thou will receive my word, take note of that. Receiving the word of God and hide my commandment with you. To have a knowledge of God, I want to take note of the steps. If you will receive the word of God and hide it with you, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for understanding. Look at verse 4. Let's read it together. One to go. If thou seekest her as savor and searchest for her as for hid treasures. Verse 5. Then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord. And what will happen next, please? You will find the knowledge of God. See, let me tell you. Even if you compose a song and say, I want to know God. Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. It's not by singing. That you, if you are to know God, if you are to find the knowledge of God, there is a price to pay. You must be a man that has given yourself to, to, to the word of God. To search. He said, if you will search for it, the way you are searching for money. Do you know the way you are searching for money? Do you know the way you are, you are working day and night in order to make money? That is what you must do. Greater than that. Go and read Psalm 119. We, we know David as a man of faith. But his faith is stemmed on his knowledge of God. And his knowledge of God is as a result of how he gave himself to the world. David will tell you that I desire to know your word more than I, 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 I am looking for money. More than I am looking for gold. Even more than I am looking for food that I will eat. That's how to find the knowledge of God. What else do we need to do in order to have an assurance of faith? You must also understand the nature, the integrity, and the power of God's word. The nature, the integrity, and the power of God's word. Now, the first thing you must know that is that the word of God is God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. John chapter 1 verse 1. It's easy to say it than to know it. To know that the word of God is God. And then in John 17, 17. In John 17, 17 he said sanctify them by your truth. Your word is what? Is truth. That's you need to know the, that the word of God is truth. I said, the knowledge of the nature, the integrity, and the power of the word of God is one thing that can give you a full assurance of faith. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Brothers and sisters, if God's word is truth, permit me to say 
that whatsoever that is not in line, whatsoever that is not agreeing with the word of God, cannot be truth. It must be a lie. Don't tell me that you have a dream about me where I am sick. I will not believe you. You know why? The word of God said that I am healed. Your dream is actually a lie. You have told a lie by dreaming. Anything, any prophecy, any vision, any trance, any dream, any thinking in your heart, any feeling in your body, any happening in your environment that is not according to the word of God. You need to be convinced that the word of God is truth before you can believe what I'm saying. I am convinced, fully convinced that God's word is truth. That is why my faith has anchored on that word. Ha! Huh. The devil know what I'm telling you. He knows that if he brings a dream to me now, and that dream, you know, when I woke up, you know, some of you always run around, tell your dreams. Jeremiah 23, say, he that has his dream, tell his dream. Call brethren and tell your dream. But he that has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Say, for what is, what is the relationship between the shaft and the, uh, the shaft and the wheat? The dream is the shaft. The wheat is the reality, the word of God. Eh? Say, I, I saw in the dream where uh, they say um, I, I died. And, you know, another person saw it. You know, that kind of thing. What makes you afraid is that my sister saw the dream and told me. And then my uncle called me, even before my sister called me, and said she also had the same dream. And then me, I now dreamt myself. And then as I'm finishing from my dream, I got a call from my, my brother, you know. And he also said he, he saw where I died or where I got mad. And you are afraid. Do you know why you are afraid? You are afraid because you don't know that the word of God is truth. If you know that the word of God is truth, you will tell me what Psalm 119, uh, Psalm 118, verse um, 19 said. What did he say? Verse 17. I shall not die. That's what I believed. You are believing dream. Tell him dream. Your word is truth. I have no reason to recognize any symptom of sickness in my body. You know why? I have no reason to recognize it. Not much more of talking about it. The reason is because I know that the word of God is truth. The word said, I am healed by his stripes. So I believe the word and I live by it. I confess it. Full assurance based on the knowledge that the word of God is truth. Do you believe that the word of God is truth? The knowledge that the word of God is truth will deliver you from so many, so many shakings and running around that people are running. Helter skelter, looking for who will pray for them and who will prophesy. Somebody will say, I saw a vision. We are in your father's house, uh, this one, that one, your forefather, and uh, the idol. You will have to go and do deliverance, do this one, and all of that. What did the word of God say? Some time ago, I was, when I was ignorant of the word of God, I was having problems, so I decided to fast for three days. What I was asking God in that three days, you know, is to deliver me. I, I, I felt I needed, I needed deliverance. So I was fasting several years ago. I was fasting, saying, God, deliver me. I must, this, I must be delivered. I refused to eat. The first day I never ate. I was very young then, very, very young. I said, I need deliverance. Why will I be having all this problem? You must deliver me from 
all these troubles. And on the second day, I was still fasting. I say, three days complete, no food, I must be delivered. And then, when I was reading the Bible on the second day, I saw Colossians 1 verse 13. I just, I don't know how my eyes went there. You know, God has a way of deliverance. What did, what, what did that verse say? Colossians 1 13. What did he say? He said, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. I have to read that verse again and again. I say, Lord, but I'm, I'm fasting and praying that you will deliver me. Does it mean that you have delivered me? He said, he, he, he doesn't also know why I'm staying fasting. He doesn't also know why I was disturbing him since yesterday. When he has delivered me. That he has delivered me from the power of darkness. He has trans- After deliverance, he didn't leave you there. He translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. A movement from a kingdom to another kingdom. Deliverance is like you are in the prison yard in the, king- the other kingdom. He came and liberated you. And then said, no, no, no. If I leave you in this kingdom, the person that you know, shamed you before will shame you again. He translated. And you see believers running around for deliverance. Eh? They say, uh, what my father did are holding my progress. Even ministers, they will tell you that as a minister, you cannot, the reason why you are not progressing in ministry is that you need to go and do family breaking of courses and covenants. Because what Christ did on the cross is not enough. It's because you don't believe the word. Because you don't know that the word of God is truth. That's why you are believing other fantasies and fallacies. What else do you need to know and believe about the word of God? The word of God has, has power. Hebrews chapter 4. Please check Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Are you in Hebrew 4? Look at verse 12. Fact, fact, from verse 11, he say, Let us labor therefore to enter into... Let us labor to enter into that rest. Okay. Let us labor to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Why? Why? Verse 12. Because the word of God is quick. Quick means the word of God is living. And powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. And of joint and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is quick. The word of God is living. He is living. He's not. See, listen, there is a difference between the word of God and word of man. Eh? In Second uh, First Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, Paul was writing to the Thessalonians. He said, I am happy that when you people received the word of God, you, when you people received our preaching, you did not receive it as the word of man, you received it as the word of God. What is the difference between the word of God and the word of man? The word of man is dead. The word of God is living. Let me put it this way. The word of God is a living being that can talk, that can walk, that can act. Are you aware that when God wants to do something, that God doesn't move about? 
When God says, let there be light, are you aware that let there be light is a living thing that we go and cause light to be? I don't know whether you're following me at all. The word of God is living. Is 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 alive. Jesus said in John 63, he said, the words that I speak to you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. It has life in it. And because the word of God is God, like now, if if you now, you, like this, you say, uh, I will go to a, a market tomorrow. That is what you have said. For that going to market tomorrow to come to pass, your body, your whole person will go to market. If God say, I will go to market tomorrow, I will go to market tomorrow, we go to market and come back and give report. Are, are, you, are you seeing the difference? What he said, that was what the centurion in Matthew 8, 5, 13 was talking. He said to Jesus, you don't need to come to my house. Speak the word. The word will, will move to my house and heal my son. Because I am also somebody that has servants. I can send them on an errand. The word of God is God. When God, listen, when God speaks, he reproduces himself. How God reproduces himself is by speaking. Whatever he says is him. And that thing he said, we go and bring it to pass. That is why when God make, made a promise, make, make a promise to you, it's only your own belief that will stop it. Because your faith is needed to bring that promise to pass. For you to have full assurance of faith, you must come to know. What did God say in Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11? He said, As the rain cometh down from heaven to the earth, and watereth the earth, eh, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. When God is saying that, when I send my word to go and do something, whether to go and heal, or to go and deliver, or to go and do anything, he, the word of God will not come back, and, say, and God will ask him, why did you come back? He said, when I got to that dead man, and I wanted to raise him, the thing I no grief. I tried, I couldn't. So I have to come back and report. <laughs> he said, my word cannot come back to me void. The word of God is God. He's, he, he, he has the same power. That was what Abraham, do you know what made Abraham to raise his knife to kill his son? And he has already killed him. Do you know why? Abraham knew that God can raise that boy from the dead. But you don't know that. That's why you will not do what Abraham did. The word of God cannot give excuse why he did not accomplish what it was sent. He must accomplish it. Because the word of God is not only living. It is powerful. What is powerful? Full of power. Whatever God says in this scripture or is speaking to you now, currently, don't joke with it. First Peter Chapter 1, from verse 23 to 25. What did he say? He said that all flesh is like grass. And the, flower, uh, the glory of man is like the flower. The grass will wither. The flower will fail. But the word of God will live forever. Do you know the meaning of that? That the word of God is greater than man. 
Man is temporal. The word of God is eternal. Because of the fear of man, you will not follow God and his word. You prefer what is temporal than what is eternal. Do you know the nature, the integrity, and the power of the word of God? Jesus said in Matthew 24, Matthew 24, when he was giving prophecy about the end time, he said, heaven and earth will pass away. Look at verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. My words must come to pass. Do you know, do you know the meaning of that? Do you know the meaning of that? That the word of God, one word from God is more important to God than the whole heaven and the whole earth. So he can allow heaven and earth to pass away. Instead of his word to you not being fulfilled, heaven and earth will pass away. Now, if you want to, if you want to engage God, just be a man that has come to believe his word. Go to him on the terms of his word. God don't see, you know, some of you think that you can move God by crying and shedding tears. You are crying. <laughs> when you finish crying, you clean your tears. Go to God by his word. Because instead of God not to fulfill what he has said, God will say, the whole heavens and the whole earth will go. He does. Psalm 138 verse 2 said, he has exalted his word above his name. Psalm 138 verse 2 said that God has lifted up his word. Do you know the meaning of that? You know, there are things that somebody may say. Let me give you an example. You know, somebody may make a promise and notice that that promise will later lead you to shame. And that shame will spoil your name, isn't it? So because your name will be spoiled, you now say, I will not do what I have uh, said. God said, even if my doing what I said will spoil my name, I will do it. He has exalted his word above all his name. If you are going to be a man that will walk in full assurance of faith, you must know the power of the word of God. You must know the nature and the integrity of the word of God. In Jeremiah 1 verse 12 and 13. Jeremiah 1 verse 11 12. What did he say? He said to uh, Jeremiah, what are you seeing? Jeremiah said, I am seeing a rod of almond. He said, yes, you have seen well. Because I am watching over all my words. To do what? To fulfill them. Ah! God is not like man who, that will make promise. And when you tell him, Oga, you promise me this. Say, when did I promise you that? I can't remember. Please, I don't even know who you are. God is not like that. He watches over his word. He keep watches. Brother, let me ask you. Is there anything God has told you concerning your life? The reason why that thing will not come to pass is not because God is incapable. It's because you will not have faith. You will not have full assurance of faith. And what will cause you not to have full assurance of faith is that you don't know how God is watching over what he said. To make sure that it comes to pass. What has God said concerning your health in the Bible? 
He said, I am watching over it to be sure that it come to pass. What does he say concerning your prosperity? What does he say concerning your protection? Are you afraid? Are you afraid of, you know, one sickness or disease or the other? God said, if you know me, if you know who I am, I watch over my word concerning your protection to make sure that it comes to pass. Do you know God who said that if you serve me, I will bless your bread and your water and I will take sickness away from you and I will make sure that you will never be buried. I will make sure that you, you will not bury your child. I will make sure that you fulfill the number of your days. You live. Do you know that God? That God said, when I say something, I don't play with it. You know, some of you, fear, you look. Guys, you are full of fears. You can't trust God. Say, hey, is that you know? Is that you know? Because you don't know that somebody is watching. The reason why you have to run to go for alternative is because you don't know that he that said you will not bury your child is watching to fulfill it. You don't know it. See, except you have not discovered the word of God. And I tell you, go and read. We, are, we saw how to find the knowledge of God. You, I, I hope you saw it. You, can, you must give yourself to it. If you don't give yourself to it, you will not get it. And if you don't know God, you can't trust God. It's not a half and half, half knowledge. That your ignorance, that one you don't know will haunt you somewhere. It is that one you don't know that will form the, you know, unassurance. That is, it will create doubt. That aspect of the word of God and God you don't know will make the assurance not to be full. Again, second to the last, one way of, you know, developing full assurance of faith, you see that in Mark 11, verse 24. Mark 11, verse 24. What did he say? Therefore I say unto you, what things soever where you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. I have met several believers that say to me, sir, this uh, verse, uh, I have a desire. I prayed, and I believe that I have received them, but I didn't receive anything. I say, brother, sister, look at that scripture very well. Whatsoever you desire, Jesus was talking, anything you desire, anything you desire, when you pray, the problem is that your definition of prayer is not his definition of prayer. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Your prayer is just throw it to him and say, I thank you, you have heard me, you're wrong. Jesus' definition of prayer here is talking to God and hearing from God. That's all he knows about prayer. Because you cannot believe your own word. If you believe your own word, you, you don't have faith. That's not faith. Faith is believing the word of God. Are you getting me at all? When you pray, you need to pray through. That's the point here. You need to pray to the point that you, your heart has come, whether you heard a voice, has it not happened to you? You decide, you know, this kind of thing. Because we don't take it serious, once in a while, you will just charge and say, God, today not today. 
And when you do that, you notice that the, that one will you will succeed. But it's supposed to be a life a lifestyle. You are supposed to pray through always. Because when you say today and today, you, you have abandoned everything. You want to you want to sort it out, and you, you notice that you will continue praying until it's either you heard a word from God or somehow your heart will just got convinced that this matter is settled. Has it happened to any of you like that? You just know that this matter, and as it is, that's how it will happen. It has happened to me several. That is what, see, assurance of faith does not come by claiming. You must pray through. You must pray it through. And come to the point, you pray until you come to the point of assurance. That God has heard and God has, has answered. That is when to start believing. It's not when you have not prayed and gotten a response. That, see, let me tell you, prayer is a two-way communication. I, I've said it before. Now, when you are praying, praying, saying something to God, until something leaves God and comes to you, whether it's in form of voice, or in form of assurance, or in form of, you know, a touch, something must leave God. That is the two-way communication. Until that thing leaves God and comes to you, whether in form of his word, or his touch, or his, you know, giving you a kind of assurance in your heart, you have not prayed. Go back. That is why, if you say you have prayed and you are believing God at that point, you will not get anything. You are looking for a child. You want God to give you a child. Do you know that you don't need to pray two times? Just get that one day. You need God to give you a job. You, are, you know, some of you, you just be going around and say you need a job. But you have not prayed. You have not prayed. When I, when I came back from youth service and I needed a job, I brought out Matthew sister at the I said to God, are you the one that said that if I, if I, I seek first your kingdom and his righteousness, that you will give me every other thing? He said, yes, that I'm the one that said it. I said, okay, do you really mean it? Do you mean that if I, I seek kingdom now and uh, you will add job to me, I will not struggle for job? He said, try it. It's me that said it. I don't, I don't say what I don't mean and I mean what I say. I, I, I don't have time to share testimony with you. It is an addition. The job was an addition. And it, if I tell you the way it comes, you know that it came from God. As you are fulfilling your own path. So you must pray and get a response. When you finish settling the man, you know that this one is settled. What did the Bible say? In Psalm 119, I think verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, your word is what? Your, the word of God is settled in heaven. But you need to pray until the word of God is settled in your heart. You need to draw the settlement from heaven. Connect the settlement from heaven to your heart. When the thing settles in your heart, that is when the thing will work. If it is the one that is settled in heaven, you will be going about and your life will be miserable, empty. You will be suffering, but you will not be enjoying the fullness of God's blessings. Do you understand this? Finally, to have full assurance of faith, you must develop the strength of your spirit, that is the strength of your heart, through regular spiritual exercise. Now, remember the story in Matthew 17, where the disciples wanted to cast a demon out when Jesus was absent, and the demon refused to go. And the man cried to Jesus when Jesus came back, and Jesus cast the, the demon out. Then look at verse 20, Matthew 17, verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, okay, verse 19, then the disciples came to Jesus apart and said, 
why could we not cast him out and jesus said unto them because of your unbelief for verily i say unto you if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed you shall say unto this mountain remove hence to yonder place and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible unto you verse 21 how be it this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting eh? are you seeing how jesus connected unbelief to prayer and fasting now if you look at the mark account go to mark chapter 9 we are closing from there the same question they asked he told them the same thing in verse 29 he said to them this kind of spirit cannot come out by nothing except praying and fasting now the question is what did jesus mean by praying and fasting is it that now that they met a demon that they should go into fasting and prayer so that they will develop the kind of faith they will use to cast the demon out no listen listen there is a mystery here you need to understand this mystery because even jesus himself did not go into fasting and prayer before he cast that demon out he didn't it was by faith that he cast the demon out you can't do anything spiritual anything exploit except by faith but what jesus is saying here is that this kind of spirit that is stubborn like this you need a stubborn faith to be able to cast it out what they say you need shout it stubborn faith stubborn faith and i want you to take note of this because in the lifetime of jesus there are some demons that saw him and came and fell down and worshipped him the demon of gadara was killing people you know tearing people but the moment the bible said nobody is passing through that world the moment he saw jesus he fell down and surrendered some of the demons as jesus is preaching they will shout you are a son of god they will shout and run away but this particular spirit is so stubborn that it was when he saw jesus that he began tormenting the boy say who is this one eh? he said it's jesus let me now deal with deal with you in his presence see let, let me tell you you know the way we have different kind of human being we have stubborn human being we have stubborn uh, obedient ones that's how we have demons that's why how we have situations there are situations that are stubborn there are conditions that are stubborn except you approach it with stubborn faith they don't go this kind does not go there are some of us here you have been praying for the liberation of your family i prayed that for, that for years until god gave me a fasting and prayer program that when i finish it he did not just deliver my family he delivered my town through that faith developed from the fasting what are we saying fasting and prayer are spiritual exercises that develops your spirit what physical exercise does to your muscle is to make you stronger true of us what spiritual exercise does to your spirit your heart is to make your heart strong faith is the equivalent to strong heart those that have strong hearts they are men of faith they don't shake they are not afraid for you to develop a strong heart a strong spirit 
you need to be a man of regular spiritual exercise. Some of you are running away from fasting, yet you want to be a man of faith. You are running away from fasting, yet you want to be from Monday to Sunday you'll be eating. I call some people, I, I don't know whether they are just you know, animals. Eh? Anytime you bring food to animal, they will eat. Anytime, any day, in the night, in the day. Some some people are like that. There is no day of fasting in the week. There's no and you are telling me that you are going to develop faith. Jesus said, not when you see a demon, you now go into fasting. No. Because he didn't do that. He was telling them that for you to develop a stubborn faith, a rugged faith, that will deal with this kind of rugged and stubborn demon, who will not respect my presence. Do you know that the way that demon tormented that boy before Jesus, Jesus called the father and said, Oga, come, come, come. How long has your son suffered under this kind of wicked spirit? That cannot even respect my presence. That's the meaning of the question. The man said, Ah, he has thrown him into fire. He has thrown him into water. He has tried to destroy him so many times. And Jesus now commanded the spirit, Get out! Then the spirit started to walk. The Bible says he carried the boy, threw him down, and tired him greatly. That is, he did more tearing than he did before. You command somebody to go, you now start action. That is testing your faith to know whether you are going to command the second time. That's the problem we have in deliverance. Jesus never commanded twice. The, 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 the stubbornness of that spirit is like trying to know whether he will say, Eh, I command you to go, and you are still here. You are still shaking his body. I say, Go now, go by fire, go by thunder. Listen. Some of those noise we make is because you don't believe the first command you gave. These signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they shall do what? Cast out demons. And you say, in the name of Jesus, use demon. Get out. Why are you commanding the second time? The second command cancels the first one. I was with a brother one day. After canceling and some people came for, uh, yeah. Then one of the young men that came for deliverance. I commanded the spirit to go. He carried him, threw him on the ground and was, was shaking and shaking. I said, the brother, let's go. The brother said, ah, are you going to leave him like that? I said, I've given a command. When the spirit finished throwing him on the ground, he must obey. He has no option. He must obey me. That's faith. And that is how it happens. If you don't believe that command, you will keep on... And let me tell you, if you don't have the full assurance of faith and you say you are believed, the spirit will not go. Do you understand? Because I, some of you will stop commanding twice now. If you have to command 20 times before the thing go, go command though. But if you know you are sure that the first command will make it work, don't command the second time. It's not a sin or weakness to command many times if you are commanding. But that is showing you know, the strength of your faith anyway. If you have come to full assurance of faith by, you know, your spirit has been exercised. Do you know what it means to, to speak in tongues for hours? Eh? And your spirit has been charged. Do you know what it means to be in fasting? You know, God once led us to a kind of fasting that you will be fasting for three days, no food. And you will be praying for every second in that period. Your spirit will be exercised. When you come out, you come out with a rugged spirit. Rugged faith, stubborn faith to face stubborn situations. This kind 
You know why your faith has been working in the other ones, but it couldn't work in this one. There is something you are believing God for. You say you are believing God for. The other one you believe happened. There are stubborn spirits that are stopping this one. Until you become stubborn in your faith, by having full assurance of faith, this mountain will not go. Because if you will say to this mountain, and will not doubt in your heart, that's where the problem is. You will doubt. Because when you say mountain go, and the mountain uh, is testing your faith and is waiting for the next five minutes, I know you will say, ah, mountain, am I not talking to you? I say you should go and you are still here. That is the problem now. Jesus commanded the fig tree to dry up. He left. He didn't look back. He spoke. He knew that what he said will happen. He didn't dry immediately, but he knew that it will dry. That is full assurance. This evening, I would like you to rise up and talk to the Lord concerning this matter of full assurance of faith. We have spent time, but I would like you to really pray. And get, It's not about spending time. It's about getting it. It's about getting it. Can you begin to you know, present yourself to God over, you know, these issues, this, maybe some of us, you may start by repenting. You have failed God in standing for him in faith. You have compromised your faith here and there because your faith, you are not sure of this way we are in. Can you respond to him in prayer and say, God, I'm sorry for compromising my stand, my faith, you know, I'm sorry for dodging persecution. I'm sorry for not being ready to, you know, suffer for your sake. Can you confess? Ask him to have mercy on you. And then begin to pray. Begin to pray now. That you will really develop full assurance. Full assurance of faith. By considering what Christ has done. By considering how he has, you know, granted us access to the holiest of holies can you ask God to, to open your eyes to see the access you have to the holiest to see the access you have to the holy of holies by a new and living way by the way of the cross can you ask God to open your eyes to see Jesus interceding for you now somebody is praying for you he died after dying he said I will not only die I will be interceding I will be praying for you open my eyes to see Jesus who is praying praying upon upon the throne Holy Ghost, do it again. Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, do it again. Daddy, do it again. In my life, come on, open my eyes. upon that room. He's praying for you. Sing it one more time. Ask him to open your eyes to see him praying. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. 
want to see the high priest now interceding for me on the throne in my land open my eyes open my eyes my eyes to see Jesus praying That will help me to see the man, the man of Calvary. He is praying, praying upon that road. Holy Ghost, help me to see. Help me to see the man. Calvary is praying for me upon that road. <laughs> I 
in the name of Jesus. Jesus, your word is true, Lord. Your word is true. Your word is true. Jesus, your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is true. I believe it now, Jesus. Your word is true. Your word is true. Your word is true. I believe Jesus. Your word is true. Your word is Now, can you ask God to open your eyes to see that the word of God is truth? Ask God to, to show you that the word of God is God Himself. To see the nature, the integrity, and the power of the word of God. Begin to pray that prayer now. Begin to pray that you will you will come to, to have a knowledge of the word. And you will also pursue the word. We saw that it's only by, by searching for the word. By committing yourself to the word, that you will find the knowledge of God. And it's only by this knowledge that you will have the assurance of faith. Pray that prayer is very important. That the word of God is true. God does not lie. It's impossible for God to lie. The word of God is God. The word of God is God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. He does not return back to him void. He must accomplish the purpose. The word of God is God. When God wants to reproduce himself, he will speak. When God speaks, another God is out. Going to do the work. And coming back to do the work. It must accomplish a purpose. The word must accomplish a purpose. Make a commitment to know God through his word. 
Make a commitment now to know God through His word. Commit your life to know God through His word. Commitment to study. To search for God in His word. The Bible says God revealed Himself to Samuel by the word of God. Make a commitment, definite commitment to know God by His word. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to make commitments now. We have prayed that God will open your eyes. You need to make commitments to pursue the knowledge of God. You need to make commitment to exercise your spirit through fasting and prayer always. Preparing for the days we meet stubborn situations, stubborn demons, stubborn conditions. You don't need to start fasting and praying or begin to wallow in unbelief. Because you have... Your spirit is strong, believing God. The Bible says Abraham was strong, giving glory to God. He was not weak. Faith is a strong spirit. Can you say, Lord, I, I, I commit myself today to, to, to search for your word. To search for you in your word. First, first Samuel, first Samuel 3.21 said, God revealed himself to Samuel by the word of God. And continue to reveal himself to him by the word of God. Can you pray and say, God, I am committing myself to 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 to, to, to your word, to, to study your word, to search you for you in the word, and to fast and to pray, to, to pray things through, not to start to start prayer, to learn to to to, 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 to get into the real assurance even through prayer. Make this commitment before I pray for you tonight. To in the name of Jesus. Amen. One more prayer point. The issue of conscience. The issue of conscience. Can you pray and say, God, help me from today not to play with good conscience. The Bible says some have left their good conscience and they have made shipwreck of their faith. They have lost their faith. Faith and good conscience goes together. Pray that, like Paul said in Acts 24, 16, you will exercise yourself to maintain a conscience void of offense towards God and towards man from today you will not be careless with your conscience, you will not be doing things without conscience, when your conscience has spoken to you, don't do this you will listen and you will not do it and when they say you have missed it, apologize to that person, go and apologize don't stop, stop, stop being stubborn, can you pray and commit yourself to follow good conscience pure conscience from today so that you will be able to establish assurance in your faith. Pray that prayer. Constant, yes. 
panted forth the waters to my soul long get after thee up your two hands as I pray for you, for what you have done in our lives, what you have taught us this evening. I pray that as many of us that are still doubting you at any level in our heart, that you will cause a revelation of what Jesus has done for us, what he is doing for us now to dawn on that heart for a deliverance from that doubt in the name of Jesus. Bring everyone that have heard this word into full assurance of faith in the name of Jesus Christ. Those that have not you know gotten assurance of their salvation faith, they are not sure whether they are saved. I pray that you will brood over their heart by your spirit this evening with this word and bring them to that point knowing that the blood has been shed the cross has taken place for their salvation may they contact the power of the cross tonight in the name of Jesus Christ other issues that you have raised concerning seeking to know you more by diligent search of your word by diligence looking for you in your word, much more than we search for silver and pure gold. May you grant us an unceasing hunger and desire and the discipline to search for you in your word. In the name of Jesus Christ. May we also come to this knowledge of the nature, the integrity and the power of your word. Your word is living and powerful. It can do what you can do. Your word is you. Please may this dawn on our spirits this evening so that we will live in full assurance of it. Thank you once again for answering this prayer. For we have prayed it in the name of Jesus. Go and continue in full assurance of it. Thank you for listening to today's moment of encounter. It was brought to you by Calvary with Revival Labels in Ugu, Nigeria. We are very much interested in your questions, your testimonies, and comments. Please, you could kindly send those questions, testimonies, or comments to our email. And our address is at calvarywayrevivalibos at gmail.com. I repeat, calvarywayrevivalibos 
revivalibos at gmail.com. For further information on our programs and other messages which will be a blessing to you, please do well to visit our website at www.calvarywayonline.org. That is www.calvarywayonline.org. You can also like our Facebook and Telegram pages, which is at Calvaryway Revival Labels. I repeat, Calvaryway Revival Labels. We'll be back same time next week on the same channel. Until then, endeavor to put into practice the word that you have heard today. May the Almighty God preserve and keep you in these evil days. Amen.